Hey everybody, another episode of RJ's Pit Stop here, and uh, we're going to do things a little differently this time. Uh, last night was the Coca-Cola 600, one of NASCAR's crown jewel events, one of the majors, if we used a golf or tennis term. Um, usually I sit here and I recap the race, I tell you what happened, things like that, uh, but I, I just don't want to do that. Uh, something else happened in that race. And I think that was the bigger takeaway than anything that happened in those 600 miles. Uh, Brad Keselowski did win the race. He won his first ever Coke 600. Good for him. That's another Hall of Fame driver. He's got a championship. He's won everything but the Daytona 500. Good for him. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports, they have speed again. I love that. Um, I think the sport is better when Hendrick Motorsports is right there at the top competing for wins every week. And uh, they ran great, all you know, in qualifying and all 600 miles of the Coke 600. Uh, but the big story came. There was a caution that came out with three laps to go, and Chase Elliott was leading, and his crew chief Alan Gustafson decided to bring him down pit road uh, before the restart. Uh, mind you, there was going to be a green-white checkered finish, which means under car the, the, the cars will come around and take the green flag. The next time they come around, they get the white flag, and the next time they come around, they get the checkered flag. Race is over. It's two laps. It's called NASCAR overtime, and there can be as many overtimes as, as they want. It's like college football. It's great. Um, but they decided to bring Chase Elliott down pit road with two laps to go. And I'm fed up. I am absolutely tired of this. Uh, this is not the first time that I've seen a crew chief take a win away from his driver because they're trying to overanalyze and they are trying to make the right call to win the race. Uh, this doesn't work. Uh, this is nothing new. Uh, a few years ago, I don't remember the exact year, I know I saw Juan Pablo Montoya pit from the lead at Richmond with like five to go. And me and my friends were sitting around like, what the hell is this? Why did he do that? And uh, I, I, I hadn't really understood the thought process yet. Now I'm a little older. I understand what the crew chiefs are thinking. Uh, that being said, it still doesn't work. We saw it earlier this year in Las Vegas. Ryan Blaney had the field covered. Uh, he was going to win that race. And a late caution comes out, which you didn't want to see. But it came out anyway. And in that scenario, you have to be ready. And Ryan Blaney's crew chief, Todd Gordon, brought him down pit road, decided they needed new tires because had they stayed out, everybody behind him was going to pit and get new tires and come out and just leave him in the dust. He was going to be a moving chicane. He was going straight to the back. Um, and that's essentially what happened to Chase Elliott last night. That was Alan Gustafson's thinking, is that if we leave Chase out here on the track, everybody behind us is going to pit, go get fresh tires, and we might not even finish in the top 10. Um, I understand the thought process there. I really do. Um, but stop. Just stop. This does not work. If anybody has ever seen this scenario work, please leave it in the comments and let me know. Because I've been watching NASCAR for 24 years, and I have never seen a scenario in which the leader comes down pit road with less than five laps to go and still wins the race. I don't care. I, I, I know what you're saying about the tire wear and this and that. If you watched 
that race in Charlotte, Matt DiBenedetto had taken two tires in one of the previous pit stops and stayed out, or, or took two tires and came out first, and he stayed in front of Martin Truex, who was running second, for a good five or six laps. He had four fresh tires. Truex had four tires. DiBenedetto had two. He stayed out in front of Truex for a good four or five laps. This was only two. Overtime is two laps. All you have to do is keep everybody behind you for two laps. Two. Alan Gustafson, you apparently have no faith in Chase Elliott as a driver whatsoever. The only faith you have in Chase Elliott is to go out there and sell t-shirts and hats and look pretty because you obviously don't think he's a race car driver that can keep the field behind him for two laps. Two. If this caution came out with 20 to go, it's a no-brainer. Everybody come down pit road, take four tires, set yourself up for the finish. This is two laps. Two. And you say that everybody behind you is going to pit. That's, that's BS. There was 19 cars on the lead lap when this caution came out with two to go. 19. Okay? Go down. Let, let, let's play hypotheticals here. Chase Elliott stays out. Does not pit. Okay, he's your leader, still your leader. Brad Keselowski, Jimmy Johnson, probably everybody from 2nd through probably 12th or 13th is coming down pit road. Okay, let's say 2nd through 13th. That leaves the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th place cars to make a decision. Okay, let's say three of them, or let's, yeah, let's say three of them pit. Okay, that's three cars that I'm going to guess probably stay out and just roll the dice just for the hell of it. Why not? If you're running 17th and you follow everybody down pit road, you're going to finish 17th. But if you're running 17th and a late caution comes out and everybody pits except the leader and you stay out, now all of a sudden you're second. You just gave yourself a chance to win. Yeah, you're on old tires and yeah, your car's not as good as these cars behind you, but hey, you never know. The field could get stacked up, and you end up with a top five finish instead of finishing in 17th. I just have a feeling that at least two or three drivers back there from 15th to 19th would have stayed out, okay? But I'm going to have, yeah, let's just say two, two. That leaves Chase Elliott as your leader, okay? There's going to be a slow car on his outside and a slow car in the second row inside. That's going to leave... The first, whoever the leader was coming off of pit road, the first car with four fresh tires is going to be fourth. You're telling me Chase Elliott can't hold off that car for two laps knowing that that car, hypothetically say it is Brett Keselowski, that car has to go around two slower cars and then go chase down Chase Elliott and pass him to win the race. That's bogus. That is probably not going to happen. And even if it does, okay, does Chase Elliott finish second? Whatever. Who cares? He actually ended up finishing second last night with the fresh tires. But so what? You give yourself a better chance to win by staying out. I don't understand why these crew chiefs have to take the race out of their driver's hands and put it in their hands. These crew chiefs with their egos, and by the way, I love Alan Gustafson. I'm a big fan of his. So I'm super surprised that he made this call. But I'm tired of these crew chiefs with their egos putting the race in their hands. That driver gets paid to drive the race car and win the race. You are up on the pit box making sure they take two or four. You have to watch the race and 
you know, use strategy based off what you've seen on the track. Well, what I saw was when Matt Benedetto stayed out there with two tires, he held off a four-tire Martin Truex for a good five laps. All you need is for Chase Elliott to hold the lead for two laps. Two. That's it. And he was probably going to have a two or three, maybe even a four-car buffer in between him and the cars with fresh tires. You're telling me that Brad Keselowski is so much better than you that he is going to pass all four of those cars, run down Chase Elliott, and pass Chase Elliott in two laps. Two. No. It's not happening. I don't understand it. I literally... Put the race in your driver's hands. That's what the driver gets paid to do. Drive. At that point in the race, pack your pit box up. Tell the crew members to go ahead and wrap the cords around their guns or whatever. We're done. We are no more pit stops. Tell the driver, this is your race. This is why you get paid millions of dollars. Go win the Coke 600. And instead, Alan Gustafson said, no, we need tires. Did you? Because you ended up finishing second anyway. So coming down and taking those four tires, you didn't mow through the field and win the race. You mowed through the field and finished second. Which, you probably, at worst, were going to finish second anyway. So why would you take away your chance at winning a race for fresh tires? For what? Charlotte is not a track that is just a break, like crazy destructive to tires. If this was Darlington, I still wouldn't do it. No, I'm sorry, I still wouldn't do it. I watched Regan Smith win the Southern 500 in what, 2011 or whatever, staying out. He had Carl Edwards on his outside with four fresh tires, and he outran Carl for two laps. That's Carl Edwards, and that's Regan Smith. No disrespect to Regan, but he's not on the level of Chase Elliott. You're telling me your driver, Chase Elliott, couldn't hold off the pack for two laps. That's it. Two laps. If I was a driver in the Cup Series and my crew chief said, all right, bud, we're going to have a restart here with two to go, uh, but I, you're leading, but I, I need you to come get some tires. I would laugh in his face, and then I would go to my team owner and be like, you're going to have to do something with him because I can't work with that. Are you kidding me? I would be going through crew chiefs like it was nothing. I'm serious. Who... I don't even feel bad for Chase Elliott either. And, and a lot of people do. It's bad luck. It's this and that. All this stuff happened. At the end of the day, Chase Elliott's the one holding that steering wheel. If your crew chief said, hey, we're going to come pit, get you some fresh tires, with two laps to go, you have all the leverage. You're holding the steering wheel. You can just, nope, I'm not coming down pit road. Screw you. Not doing it. What are you doing? You can have all the respect in the world for your crew chief. And I do. I have all the respect in the world for Alan Gustafson. I think he's a good crew chief. But in that scenario, at that point in the race, after the week that Chase Elliott had getting dumped by Kyle Busch at Darlington, you come back and win one of the sport's biggest races? I'm not coming down pit road. I'm not doing it. So why Chase Elliott did it, I don't know. You need to stand up for yourself. Hypothetically... What if Larry McReynolds had told Dale Earnhardt, hey, bud, there's uh, two laps to go. We're going we're gonna to pit. Dale would have been like, what? what? He would have laughed at him. What if Greg Zipidelli said that to Tony Stewart? Hey, bud, you're leading with two to go, but we're, we're going to pit. What? Are you kidding me? What do you think Tony's reaction would have been? What do you think Dale's reaction would have been? 
That's what Chase's reaction should have been. But instead, now everybody feels sorry for him because of a pit road call that cost him the win. I actually don't feel sorry for him. It sucks. I wanted to see Chase Elliott win that race. I may or may not have bet money on him. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. How do you make that call? Chase, I, next time, dude, what are you doing? And Ryan Blaney, you too. You did it at Vegas. We literally just saw this a few weeks ago in Las Vegas where the same scenario happened to Ryan Blaney. Dude ended up finishing like 11th, I think. So how did Alan Gustafson think this was going to work? I don't get it. But I'm tired of seeing it. These crew chiefs need to put their egos aside and let the driver win the race. Stop trying to make that perfect call that gets you in victory lane. Or, ooh, just calling the perfect race. Ooh, I made this late race call that changed race. Shut up. You're not the driver. You sit on the pit box, look at the data, look at the lap times, look at the fuel mileage, and shut up. The driver is the driver. Let the driver win the race. Tired of it. Yeah.